Welcome everybody, my name is Corey Allen and this is the Overton Report. Now it's July 4th and I hope that everybody is having a great day. I am going to do something a little bit different today since it is Independence Day and we have a lot of family over at our house right now who've graciously given me enough time to come in and record our show. What I really want to talk about, uh, this past Saturday, July 1st, we went up to Pickens, South Carolina and we went to the Trump event. For those who don't know, Donald Trump held a, a massive rally in Pickens, South Carolina. It's a fairly small town, small county, but there were over 30,000 people downtown in a, in a small downtown, but it is a beautiful place. And it's a, it was really fun, really good time. Marjorie Taylor Greene was there. She spoke first. Lindsey Graham spoke. I'm very surprised that he was allowed to get up on that stage, but what happened was beautiful. It was it was something that if it had happened to anyone that didn't have the massive ego that Lindsey Graham has, you might rethink what you're doing as a senator. He was booed relentlessly the entire time he was up there. Listen to this. Listen to this. Welcome to Pickens. Thank y'all for coming. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you all. <laughs> Thank you all for coming. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a bunch. Well, well, you want to find something in common? <laughs> all right. Thank y'all. Thank you all very much. Welcome to Pickens County. Now, again, if that were to happen, you would think you go to, you know, the most conservative area in the state one of the most conservative areas in the state, 30,000 people from all over the country, but mostly from South Carolina, your own state, the state that you were a senator in, and they just want nothing to do with you. And these are your base. Like, this is the, the, the Republican conservative base, and they just boo you to oblivion. That should make you kind of take a step back and say, you know, what am I doing wrong? What what is what is wrong with me? What what decisions have I made that the people of my own state are not happy with? And how can I do better? That's what you would think, but not Lindsey Graham. No. Lindsey Graham, I'm you could you could see it in his face and hear it in his voice. He was indignant and he was very resentful and I guarantee you that all he was doing right after that was was cursing all of his constituents under his breath. The same way that, you remember, he said he would have shot his constituents in the head if he had his way in July 6th. Here, uh, let, me, let me play a little bit of that for you when he said that in Dorchester County. It wasn't peaceful. 
I was there. If it had been up to me, I would have shot some of these people in the head. A sitting United States senator told a crowd of voters, some of whom were in Washington, D.C. on the day of these events, that if he had his way, he would have had unarmed American citizens shot in the head. And he reiterated that on multiple media outlets at the time as well. So that was one of the high points of the day. Uh, Donald Trump, of course, gave a great speech as always. You can you can see that on right side broadcasting. We're not going to play that because I want to actually focus on a South Carolina state elected official, our, our treasurer, Curtis Loftus. Uh, he spoke at the event and I'm going to play that speech in full because I think that everyone needs to hear it. Curtis Loftus really is one of the strongest conservative elected officials in our state. He's not afraid to, to tell it like it really is. He's really, you can tell he really is in the fight for America, for conservative values. And he is dead set on protecting the citizens of South Carolina from ESG and groups like BlackRock. It, he really does want to. So I'm just going to go ahead and play that whole speech. It's just about seven minutes. And I really think that you should listen to it. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, a special hello to Pickens. Uh, my, my aunt, uh, Emily, was a nurse at the hospital for 40 years. Aunt Emily is Pickens proud, and she's a great American. I just found out the good-looking women behind me are part of the Moms for Liberty. And of course, everybody knows the Myrtle Beach girls. Hey, Jerry. Well, being the treasurer, what can I say? We got all these high-powered congressmen and senators and governors. So I'm going to talk for about 45 minutes about the inverted curve and yield points. No? I tell you what I do want to talk about, and I'm going to be, because I'm the least woke person you'll ever meet. I can't stand woke. I hate it. I just can't tolerate it. But woke is everywhere, and we've got to fight it. It's going to be one of Donald Trump's biggest challenges in his next term is how do you fight woke? But we forget, you know, he fought them once before and he gave them a punch and it was a punch that left them on the ground for a long time. And that's what we have to have to fight because the woke is the biggest battle we have. Anybody here woke? All right, so I'm going to spend one minute with something kind of serious. You probably heard of ESG. The, yes, it's a terrible. It's a rating system that the left came up to drive the country woke. They, that's just one of those rating systems. When you look around and see that there are more pride flags than there are American flags, do you wonder why that happened? It was these rating systems. Let me tell you how they work. They, they drive you to the left at all times. And somebody's already stole my punchline. They said, well, who started this? They'll, they'll tell me. These rating agencies, excuse me, these rating systems were started by the richest and the most powerful people and organizations in the world. One person in particular, Larry Fink, the billionaire, the CEO of BlackRock, who also sits on the board of the World Economic Forum, 
<laughs> but let me tell you how smart the woke movement is. You've got these rating systems, and they push businesses, they push churches and charities, they push, push governments to the left. And why? Because they get paid. If you go woke, you get paid. They've even tied the CEO's salaries to going woke. If you get a high score, the CEO gets more money. So when you wonder why they do what they do and they're so successful, it's because they're using your money to turn the country left. Larry Fink and his club of billionaires have decided that if they use these rating agencies, and then they use the power of your money. They've used trillions of dollars of your money to enforce their left-wing rating systems. So what are we going to do about it? We've got to remember that we have two things that are very, very important. One is your money. You've got to protect your money, but not in the old-fashioned way your mom and dad told you. We've got to protect our money by spending it only with people who share our values. And to show you about that and show you how it works, anybody here got a Bud Light? Hold it up. Now, when I was a young man and Jesse Jackson from right here in South Carolina was off green mailing people, they called it, and boycotting, Young people like me would say to the old guys, well, why don't we boycott back? That makes sense. And you know what they would say? Because they'll boycott us and we own more than they own. We have more banks. We have more corporations. We have more of everything. Well, sadly, in the last 30 years, that's changed. We don't own anything anymore. We don't run the universities. We don't run the education system. We don't run Hollywood. We don't run the media. We don't run journalism. We don't run Wall Street, and we don't run the banks. So you know what that means? We get to use our money. We get to decide where we're going to spend it. So if we spend our money with our values, that means we're going to cut out people like Target and Disney and Bud Light. So when you go home and you think you got to go to Target, just don't go. Then the second thing we've got, and this is the best one, it's our vote. Now, what's the problem we have? Our people who outnumber the other people by a tremendous amount don't turn up or we vote on one day. And if it rains or if our boss is messy with us, we can't get over there. We got to go vote. And as Mayor Daley said once, vote early and vote often. We have to use every legal avenue to vote, to get our families to vote, to get our friends to vote, and then make sure they count. And who are we going to vote for? I watched Donald Trump uh, from early on in the election. I was able to meet him. He came to a meeting I had. And I, th I think of myself as a poor man's Donald Trump. I'd like to be a rich man's Donald Trump, but I'm not. But let me tell you about Donald Trump, and then I'm going to get off the stage. And before I even say my last comments, I want to say this. I've been in a tent in the shade, and I'm a little bit grouchy because it's hot. I look out at y'all, and what is there, 10,000 people here? And every one of you has got a smile on your face, and you're in the 100-degree heat, and the sun is shining.
And if this was a Biden, if this was a Biden event, we could have had everybody in that tent. Well, let me finish up with this. We know what we have to do. There is only one, there, out of all the men and women and beasts on this planet, there is only one that can tame Washington, D.C., and that's Donald J. Trump. So let's just remember, we've got to make America great again. We've got to elect Trump, and let's go do it now. So, like I said, Curtis Loftus really is one of the good guys. We hope to, uh, at some point, be able to to talk about ESG and, and BlackRock and what the average South Carolina citizen can, can really do to help make a difference, some small difference. Because if we get enough people to do that one small thing, we can actually make a, a big change and have, have a massive effect. That is uh, Activism 101, right? So again... Yes, it was it was a great day. It was very, very hot, uh, but it was fun. And I want to give a, a shout out to uh, David and Jordan and Lorraine Cox. They uh, they were gracious enough to to give my wife and I a room for free at their beautiful bed and breakfast that uh, that they run. Thank you guys so much for that. We really do appreciate it. That's called the Pecan Terrace Inn in Pickens. If you ever want to get away, or it's right in Easley. If you ever want to get away and just forget it all, it's a beautiful, massive, historic downtown Easley bed and breakfast. And the breakfast is amazing. <laughs> the rooms are really cool too. Uh, I, I I definitely highly suggest it if you're ever up in that area and just need to need a day or two to get away from it all with with your spouse or or just by yourself because <laughs> you know it happens but we uh so after the event we made our way back down to berkeley uh berkeley county south carolina to cane bay where our friend friend of the overton report and personal friend tom fernandez was holding his uh annual independence day celebration and, and fireworks show. Now, Tom Fernandez is also a, a very pro-America patriot. And if you haven't, if you don't know who he is, you're living under a rock because he's out there. He's probably one of the more popular presences in South Carolina on, on the social media as far as conservatives go. And uh, he's a lawyer. He's done some really great work, especially during the uh, attempts at forced injections. He fought to save the jobs of firefighters and first responders in North Charleston when they were being threatened into getting the shot. So, again, he does great work and he puts his money where his mouth is. And this event, there were probably 7,000 people. All South Carolinians. There were tons of vendors. There were uh, there was a concert and the fireworks display. Apparently, Tom personally spent twenty thousand dollars on all the fireworks. He paid for the entire thing. And I'll tell you what, you could tell those those that fireworks show was probably one of the longest that I've seen. It was just massive. So we had a really, really good time there. And if you missed it, definitely try to catch it next year because, like I said, he's he's 
begun to do this annually. And he started it during the 2020, quote, pandemic, when uh, when all the cities and towns were refusing to celebrate July 4th. He said, screw it. And he did it himself. And it's grown over time. And I remember the first time he, he, he did it back in 2020, all the newspapers put the headlines up of this massive super spreader in Berkeley County. <laughs> they, they're just relentless, aren't they? But anyway, Tom Fernandez is also running for state Senate. So keep an eye out because, man, we need some good conservatives in the South Carolina state Senate right now. But as far as Pickens goes, some of you may remember if you've been following us for a while, we have done a lot of work with the people of Pickens in uh, trying to get some of the more inappropriate books out of the schools. Now, one in particular that we were fighting against initially, and this is how I met some very good activists up there in Pickens, uh, and this is actually what led to Moms for Liberty in Pickens becoming a thing. Heather Mitchell up there, Amanda Hollinsby. Amanda had uh, the book stamped, assigned to her student, to her kid. And when it was when it, when she questioned it, when it was found out, the uh, the school district, the principal, the media, all lied and claimed that it it wasn't true that that the book stamped was not assigned. Okay, actually, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play you. When when we uh, when we found this out, we took up we took on the cause, and we helped expose those lies. You can find this full video on our YouTube page. Uh, just search the Overton Report on YouTube. But I'm going to go ahead and and, and play you a, a part of that right now, just so you get an idea for 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 what happened. The book was assigned. The mother went to the teacher. And the principal, the principal read the book. Oh no, it's a great book. This isn't this isn't CRT. First of all, it is, and my other video proves that. So I won't get into the, all the quotes and, and absurdities littered throughout. Suffice it to say that after her presentation, the teacher uh, or a teacher had gotten up and said that they had been teaching it for three years and never had a complaint. That was lie number one. Uh, then they read it and said, oh, it doesn't violate the proviso. That's line number two. Then what I'm about to show you is what the school district and the principal and the teacher are now saying, which is that the book was never even assigned. The student chose the book. It's not part of an ass any assignment. It's gaslighting. It's lie after lie, backing themselves into a corner, hoping hoping that you will stumble on your journey to finding the truth. Now, that's a bold claim. I'm, I'm saying that the, the school is lying to the media? Is that really what I'm saying? Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, you want to know how I know that? Well, we had another parent come out from last year at the same school, same grade, same class, same teacher. And uh, they complained. To the school board about the same thing so that there, there's line number one we've we've had no complaints about this ever before we've been teaching it for three years even though the book was published in 2020 it's currently 2022 that's beside the point 
Now, you might be saying, well, that, that, that parent might be lying, right? Well, thankfully, thankfully that parent had the foresight to take photos of the assignment that was handed out based on the book. I'm going to show you this Fox Carolina clip, and you tell me if you can see what's wrong with it. Well, guys, the teaching of critical race theory has been a hot button issue for quite some time. And this book right here is the center of the discussion at Pickens County School Board meeting last night. Now, parents on both sides, they had a lot to say. This comes after one Daniel High parent says stamped that book you see right there. Racism, anti-racism and you was assigned reading for her son's 10th grade English class in checking with the district. They say that the teacher gave the class an assignment that focuses on different perspectives, asking students to pick a topic and read a book from one of the options in their class. Now they say Stamped was never an assigned reading book, rather a book that the student chose. Okay, did you catch that? It's never been assigned. But listen here. As I told you before, uh, the parent, Amanda, uh, when she reached out to the teacher about this, the response wasn't, well, she chose this book. Well, your, your child chose this book. Well, this wasn't an assignment. Here's the response. Let me read it to you. I did not replace stamped for your child as there is only one assignment this semester that is solely based on the book. There is one assignment solely based on the book. What book? Stamped is the book. The, the one that wasn't assigned. They say Stamped was never an assigned reading book, rather a book that the student chose. The teacher refers to an assignment based solely on the book, but that's not it. It, gets, it goes beyond that. I also instructed her to skip any questions based on the book on assessments, like future assessments, like the nine weeks midterm when they ask questions about this assigned book now that this parent spoke up, this parent's child will be exempt from answering those questions. Also, the teacher went on to admit that she's going to be forced to modify the research project at the end of the semester for this parent's daughter. Now, after, uh, after this was exposed, things really went into high gear. Uh, Thomas Beach, state rep Thomas Beach, a member of the Freedom Caucus and a freshman member of the State House, he jumped in and he did a lot of work. Let me tell you, he busted his ass, so shout out to him. We got the book removed and then put some other books on the chopping block that, that were just, you know, as always, filled with violent, graphic, sexual depictions and, and things like that and a little update on what's going on since then the ACLU has actually filed a lawsuit against Pickens uh, school district because of this so we have them sweating and uh, and we're continuing to follow that and we'll see we'll see what can be done in the end won't we but yes Pickens is is a uh, it's definitely ground zero for the for the conservative fights it's, it's home base it's one of the home bases in South Carolina for the fight in favor of conservatism. So I'm, I'm very happy and proud to know so many good people there. I really, truly am. I don't want to name them all right now because I didn't clear it with them, but 
stay tuned up there. Pay attention because a lot of good things are coming out of picking South Carolina right now. Now, following up to the next subject, I'd like to talk a, a little bit about the Supreme Court. They really made the left mad, didn't they? This this session, oh my gosh. First of all, massive win uh, almost across the board for conservatives and uh, people who believe in America and believe in actual equality. The, uh, the Supreme Court made a few landmark decisions last week. One of them was just a perfect cherry on top for everything that we have seen happening with Pride Month, right? June is Pride Month. So it was really a bad pri- it was a bad month for the LGBTQIA2 plus plus community. The Supreme Court, basically there was a guy who who makes websites. Uh and then I think he does wedding photography, things like that too. And he makes websites specifically for weddings, okay, mainly. Now, he's a Christian, and he, he doesn't believe in gay marriage. Now, just like when, when the, the, the cake, the bake-the-cake bigot situation happened, uh, when people found out that he didn't want to make websites for gay couples getting married, they attempted to force him to do it, Okay. So they attempted to like force this man who who again this is this is creating websites and and artistic you know it's a very artistic thing okay so they're trying to force a person to create art in a sense that they don't want to create that they don't want to to do for religious reasons now the the gay couples that were coming to him and trying to force it they ended up suing him and claiming that he was, uh, you know, that it was equal protection under the law and that they should uh, they should be able to force him to do this for them. You know, they should be able to forcibly hire him. Like, even if he doesn't want to work for them, he should be forced to, okay? And that is what eventually made it up to the Supreme Court, and I believe it was 6-3, claiming that he has a, a First Amendment right not to, to provide his service to them. And, a, and a, a religious right and the right to speech. The right to speech also includes the right not to speak. So that was the cherry on top for uh, for Pride Month. And boy, they're real mad about that. The other one that the left is super mad about is affirmative action. Now, if you haven't been following the issue uh, of college admissions, let me tell you, it is a doozy. Basically, affirmative actions, uh, affirmative action in colleges has has resulted in a complete disregard of meritocracy. Okay, basically, you get more points if you're the right color, and you get points deducted from you. If we're talking about you know your likelihood of getting in, you get points deducted from you if you're the wrong color or ethnicity. In this case, African-American students were being admitted to colleges with much lower scores. Ivy League schools, Harvard, and Asians and white people. Most Asians were the ones that, that had been suffering from this the most, but also white people. That They would have astronomically higher scores, astronomically better uh, resumes in their college admission or in their college application, right? 
and they would be denied. They would be denied because there were certain quotas. If they, for example, we're only letting 15 Asians in this, this year and 25 white people and everyone else has to be black or Hispanic, no matter what your SAT scores are, no matter what your GPA is, no matter what your extracurriculars are, you could have literally saved the planet from an asteroid. But if you're Asian, we don't have any room for you. No room at the end. That is Harvard. Now, that is what has become of affirmative action. And it was struck down by the Supreme Court, leading the left into a, a feeding frenzy calling the, the, the Supreme Court an extremist group. Like, they're literally... No, listen, Elizabeth Warren, she said, An extremist Supreme Court has once again reversed decades of settled law, rolled back the march toward racial justice, and narrowed educational opportunity for all. I won't stop fighting for young people with big dreams who deserve an equal chance to pursue their future. Now, she doesn't mean equal. She means equitable, meaning racial quotas and things like that. And it's really funny that this is coming from Elizabeth Warren, who pretended to be Native American in order to get scholarships. The irony is not lost on me. Unfortunately, it seems to be lost on her. I don't understand how anybody could say it's equal opportunity when you're actually league, like taking part in state-sponsored discrimination of certain races and ethnicities. That's not equal opportunity, is it? That's state-sponsored racism. And once again, the Democrats are very angry that Republicans have tried to end state-sponsored discrimination of races. So it's nothing new. It's the same old story, isn't it? I think that that is actually hilarious. Joe Biden, here's, here's, a, here's a headline. Affirmative action. Supreme Court strikes down race-based admissions at Harvard and University of North Carolina. The 6-3 ruling could drastically alter college admissions policies across the country. Criticizing the decision, President Biden said that this was, quote, not a normal court and then directed the Education Department to, quote, analyze what practices can build a more inclusive and diverse student body. So the court ruled, and he, in pure tyrannical fashion, a co-equal branch of government that's there to rule on national disagreements just like this one, they fulfilled their role, fulfilled their duty, and the tyrant Biden directs a bureaucracy to try and find ways to get around their ruling. One more reason that centralized power is so dangerous, especially in the education department, because they're the ones, the federal education department are the ones that are popping out all of these leftist activists and people who have no idea what is right or wrong for the country. They're lucky if they get in school, they're lucky if they get nine weeks of, of, of classes on the government. They're lucky if they get that much. So I think it's very telling. And he does this all the time, doesn't he? He tries, he oversteps and he tries to, to make the executive branch even more tyrannical and, and overbearing, directing a bureaucracy to publicly undermine a co-equal branch of government. That's insane to me. 
And also Biden's pretty mad because they shut down his attempt at erasing $20,000 of student debt from everybody who has it. So that did not make him happy either. (laughs) Really interesting stuff. And here's what it really all comes down to. There's this basic glaring line in the sand when it comes to American conservatives and the right versus the American left and the globalist left, right? That fundamental difference, I think, or one of the most fundamental differences, is that conservatives believe in the concept of negative rights, while leftists believe in the, the concept of positive rights. Now, what, what's, what's that, right? So a negative right is basically comes down to the right to be left alone, right? Like, shall not infringe, okay? The right to speech, the right to practice your religion, the right to not have anything shoved down your throat by the state or any of its anybody acting on the state's behalf. No censorship by the state, you know, that that's that's a those are negative rights. You have the right to build your own home without anybody stopping you. Nobody can can force you or stop you from owning a piece of property if you can get it, if you can buy it. Okay, that's a negative. Those are negative rights. But the left and and their positive rights, their ideas of positive rights, positive rights would be like, I have a right to health care. I have a right to force this Christian wedding designer to work for me in my gay wedding, even though he doesn't want to. Right. Uh, I have the right to have taxpayers pay off my student loans. I have a right to have housing for free. Now, the, here's the biggest problem, though, with that. And this is this has always been the Democrats. In order to receive a positive right, you have to coerce somebody else into giving you their labor, their money, their time, their freedom, something of theirs. If you have if you believe you have the right to a free home, that means that somebody has to build that home, doesn't it? And that person should be getting paid to do that. Now, if you have the right to a free home, then who's paying for it? Well, that means the, ta- the taxpayers are paying for it, right? So you're you're coercing others to pay for what you believe is your right. Same with healthcare. If you have a right to free healthcare, what that what that means is that you have a right to the labor of nurses and doctors. You have a right to to receive medical treatment meaning you have a right to the labor of anyone who makes medicine, all of the line workers, all of the people who build the machines, all of their labor you believe inherently, if you believe in the right to free health care, all of that you believe inherently belongs to you. And this is what we see over and over again with today's left, isn't it? The trans ideology is a great example of this. Do they have a right to be mentally unstable? And take part in this fantasy? Sure they do. But that's not where it stops for them. They believe they have the right to coerce you and all of us into participating in that charade. That's because they they have the whole concept of rights twisted. Because all of their rights require, all of the rights that the left want, require the coercion of others. 
And that's the big failure of the left. And that's why that's why all communist societies fall or become just absolutely and totally despotic. It creates like basically slave workers. It really, really it's it's a big fundamental difference. Okay, now, if if conservatives were uh, believed in positive rights, an example of that would be, okay, the Second Amendment, right, says you have a right to bear arms. Okay, conservatives, if we were trying to make that argument, would say, okay, well, that means that we deserve to have guns given to us for free, right, by the government. The government should give us guns. That's the exact same thing as people saying that they have a right to free health care or a right to housing or a right to, to any, anything. Anything that requires the labor, time, or effort of somebody else. It's, it's an unsustainable ideology. It always has been. The only way to sustain it is through literal slavery. So it's not a progressive idea. It's a very regressive idea. And it's very dangerous because when people start getting it in their head, which, again, federal education is, is pumping out generation after generation who have this, this thought process and, and these beliefs because they're not told the other side so they don't think it through to the next step or its logical conclusion because they're not taught to. It's dangerous because when you have a group of people who believe that they are owed the labor and, and time and, and effort and money of others, well, then you get a narcissistic entitled generation that's willing to do evil things in order to enshrine those, quote, positive rights. And that's why we see it over and over and over again, how the left gets so, so vicious and so violent. And it's the obvious flaw, again, in their political philosophy. And I don't think it's, I don't think that we do well enough illustrating that point as conservatives. I think we actually do a very bad job of illustrating those differences, but I think we can do better. I think we can. Now, the, the, the last thing I want to talk about right now is, uh, is an issue that I think we've seen a lot of, and it has to do with pride. Okay. A lot of times at these these pride events, these pride festivals where the mayors and the council members and state reps and, you know, even even congressmen and women go and join these these public displays of degeneracy. And when I say that, I'm not saying that lightly. I mean, literally like men bare naked walking down the street, biking down the street. I mean, I actually saw a picture out of California at a pride festival that, again, these are in public, they're public venues, if not on the streets themselves, these parades, and there are children in the parades, there are children on the sidelines watching the parades, I literally saw a picture of a man having sex with another man in the street, surrounded by people, all filming it and loving it, very perverse, degenerate stuff, by any stretch of the imagination, then you add the fact that children are present in the mix and it's like what is going on well a lot of these things you'll see uh christians who 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 come and maybe maybe they're pastors and they're they'll read the bible now a video we saw that we we actually reposted you can find on uh on our facebook it's facebook.com slash cory.allen.overton 
or search Overton Report on Facebook will pop up. You'll see me. They, uh, uh, there's a man, and he's reading a Bible. Okay, He's not screaming in anybody's face. He's just standing there reading the Bible. And then he gets surrounded by all these people in, in like, you know, leather chaps and women with their shirts off, you know, blue hair everywhere, of course. And they start screaming at him. I mean, they go, uh, it, it literally looks like a scene out of The Exorcist, right? And, uh, and, and in this video, they just keep, you know, waving that trans flag in front of the Bible and trying to push it out of his hand. And eventually they do actually knock the Bible out of his hand and they force him onto the ground. It's really wild stuff, but that went viral. Rightfully so it needs to be seen. It needs to be seen. Uh, but something very similar happened in, in Rock Hill, Rock Hill, South Carolina. I found out yesterday. Uh, Mark Coral is a uh, pastor up in that area, and he sent me a video. He went with a sign and started preaching at this public event. He has a GoPro on his chest, okay? One of the organizers, and again, he's on a public sidewalk, right? One of the organizers, and I'm going to put this video up later on, on uh, the Overton Report and on my Facebook profile uh, and Twitter, which is at Overton underscore the. One of the organizers, who actually is a person who started the event when it first happened, it's been going on for a few years, comes up to him and starts pushing and slapping at him, at Mark. Knocks the GoPro off his chest, you know, then, then Mark gets surrounded. They call the police, takes him a while to uh, file the incident report and review the footage. It seemed like nothing was going to happen, right? But now, because... Mark and the others didn't give up. The police actually arrested this man, Michael Kelly, who uh, is the owner of The Mercantile, which is a, a gift shop and cafe in Rock Hill. And he started, like I said, this guy started the entire Rock Hill Pride Festival two years ago. So this dude comes up to Mark, pushes him, knocks his GoPro off of his chest, which isn't an easy thing to do. And when he notices that one of the people that Mark is with is calling the police, he runs away. But they did charge him with assault, and that is more than I can say happens usually. Usually, it's nothing. Nothing is the result of these types of assaults. Because protected class, nothing you can do. They're untouchable. Well, like I said, this past Pride Month, the pendulum we saw swing the other way, and now consequences for their actions it seems to be becoming par for the course and i'm and i'm very hopeful that that continues because if we're going to be equal we need to be equal right imagine some christian festival or a conservative festival right and some leftist comes up walks over there and just starts saying you know f donald trump f donald trump or starts screaming some type of blasphemous things to the Christian festival goers and somebody were to come up to that person and you know take multiple swings at them and knock their camera off their chest and push them what would happen there wouldn't be a question about it it would it would it would be on CNN actually is what would happen and you'd have leftist influencers and social media blue checks from all over the country demanding what they call justice, 
They would actually be trying to form a lynch mob is what they would be doing. They would dox the dox the guy, put out his address, give you his work schedule, get him fired, force his business to be shut down, surround it for days on end, surround the man in his home. That's what would happen because they know those tactics are effective. But thankfully, in this case, in Rock Hill, justice did prevail and the right thing did happen without us having to be extremely loud about it. We're going to talk to Mark about that hopefully soon, uh, get a little bit more backstory on it. And unfortunately, the video, you know, there's not there's not much good audio from it, so it wouldn't really make sense for me to play it. But you can, like I said, go to our Facebook. We're going to be putting that up soon. But it's as I said, I believe the pendulum is swinging the other way, and not just in America, but all over Europe, Australia, Canada. It's happening. France is basically in the middle of a civil war right now in all of their inner cities because this th- there's just a massive pendulum swing and backlash against the uh, the woke agenda and the, the World Economic Forum, Open Society Foundation, George Soros type globalist plan. There is a, uh, a massive backlash happening. And I hope that we are able to do it without... <laughs> looking like France, because I don't know if you've seen any of the videos or pictures from over there, but it is pretty wild stuff. Uh, and it's all rioters just burning things down because uh, because a, a migrant apparently was uh, shot. That's the reason that they're using it by, by a police officer. So they just started burning things, started looting, and it's gotten really, really rough. Actually, the uh, the police chief of Marseille or Marseille, I guess is how you say it. He uh, he said these aren't riots. This is war. They are trying to kill us. They meaning the rioters. They're trying to kill the police officers, and uh, it's actually in some parts it's looking like they're trying to lynch uh, white people. Actually, it's it's getting very vicious over there. It's very scary, and uh. As all that's happening, President Macron is attending Elton John concerts, laughing, living it up. So let's just hope that that type of collapse doesn't happen in America and that this pendulum swing is a little bit more peaceful than that. But mark my words, the pendulum is swinging back to the right. And that's something I'm proud to be a part of because that's the only way that the United States of America will survive. Because over on the left, they don't want the United States of America to exist, much less survive. So the only way we keep it is by putting our money where our mouth is, speaking up, speaking out, standing up, and letting them know that we won't back down. Now, guys, happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. Remember what we're celebrating today. We are celebrating the fact that that our ancestors, our forefathers, our founding fathers decided enough is enough. We will not live under tyranny. And they took decisive, well-thought-out, solution-oriented action. And they did it unapologetically. I hope that some of that spirit exists within all of you listening. And I hope that if and when the call comes, that we will be there to answer it. I, I I pray that I am there to answer it when the call comes from me. And what does that look like? Of course, I mean, that's, there's a million different things. 
whether it's calling state reps to get good conservative legislation passed, whether it's showing up to the state house or showing up to the White House and peaceably assembling, whether it's helping write bills. I mean, whatever your calling is, you've got to answer the call or at least try. Just do your best. I really appreciate you guys tuning in uh, and I and I hope you enjoy this day with your family. I know that that's exactly what I'm going to be doing after I'm done with this. So go have your hamburgers and your hot dogs. Don't forget, you can find us at BigPatriotRadio.com every Tuesday at 7 p.m. and an encore performance at 8. You can find us at uh, TheOvertonReport.Substack.com and man, we've got... <laughs> We've got some exposés coming out that uh, over the course of the next few weeks, hopefully there'll be enough to, to start the, the snowball down the mountain, as they say. But we'll, we'll find out, I guess, won't we? Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at Overton underscore the. On Facebook, it's just Corey Allen. Facebook.com slash Overton, Or search Overton Report and I'll pop up. And of course, we're on Telegram, at Overton Report. And YouTube. Definitely subscribe to our YouTube or Rumble. Just search Overton Report. We're right there. Thank you so much, Patriots, for uh, for standing up when it, when it really counts. And it was great to see so many good people that I know and have seen fight so hard in Pickens. It's always fun when all these people come together that you've worked with throughout the state. It was great to see you all. And uh, I was truly humbled by how many people actually recognize me. It was really, I don't know, it's, it's always a very strange experience when people come up and they know who I am. And I, uh, I'm not worthy, but I, I really do. Uh, it's, it's a very humbling experience, and I thank you all so much for that. If you ever see me out, yeah, come up and say hi. I, I love to talk, especially politics. So, uh, Thank you guys once again. We'll catch you next time. My name's Corey Allen, and this has been The Overton Report.